0: All right, welcome back. Eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. You can call or text that number. I want to get to a couple of our texts. What's uh, what do we got, Brian? Well, uh, you got a guy from uh, the eight one zero area code. Who it's all he says is, "Your take, as usual, dances around the truth." Dances around the truth. Yeah. What 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 truth is that? I don't know. He doesn't expand on it. I I, I look. I think there's an argument to be made that that what. What Governor Greg Abbott is doing is is actually right. Now he's giving the northern cities, the northern states, a taste of what he's experiencing, a taste of what their communities are experiencing. And I, I don't, I don't know what truth I'm dancing around. I think it's wrong what's happening. I, I don't, I don't know what the truth is. I, 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 I do know that we can have a rational conversation. And and look, there are many parts to this, right? Are there nefarious people that cross the border that want to get entry into the United States? Yep, we know that. We just saw, what, a, a group of migrants were brought across the border by somebody who had ISIS ties, right? Like, w- those things happen, yes. But that's not the, the tenor of this conversation. It's the, it's the idea that politicians and people with with the, the poll, the say, The power when it when it comes down to it, when you actually need help, they're nowhere to be found. They got they got nothing for you. Oh, sorry. They they put their hands in their pockets and and they pull out, you know, a a button and some lint. It's we got we don't have any money. I'm sorry. But sure enough, when the election rolls around, I'm sure cities like Chicago and New York are going to get a little extra dough to deal with the migrant issues and the crisis as as Mayor Adams puts it in New York City. And you got another one here from the 734 area code. It says, Chris. Put our names on it. Let's have fun. Uh, I know. It says, Chris, if you're looking to blame a side for the lack of immigration action, look no farther than your own party. They haven't wanted to do anything for years, even when bipartisan plans have been put forward. Oh, my party. Your party. Okay, my party. All right. Well, the, I, the Chris Renwick. Party. here's the deal. Is that what the R stands for, Renwick? I yeah, right. That. Yeah, exactly. Chris R. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I, everybody's at fault. Everybody's to blame. I mean, I think it's worse under Joe Biden, but I think everybody has a role in this. Everybody everybody has to eat a piece of the humble pie. I mean, you, you just can't have thousands of thousands of thousands of people streaming across the border every day. You just can't. And so, yeah, I, I do believe that everybody's culpable. Everybody. I think there's a happy medium that we could find that we haven't found and i think we should probably ask ourselves why that is 808590957808590wjr uh in the meantime the uaw and these negotiations with the big 3 are ongoing and mike martinez uh with automotive news joins us mike w- w- we saw the gm counter proposal today and uh and and we saw the response by Sean Fain, the president of the uaw and and he threw out the uh the uh the old uh, time is ticking tick tock because we're not happy with this. Where where do we sit with the UAW and the big three today?
1: Well, I'll say there's probably a little bit uh, positive momentum, at least compared to last week when the union was formally charging GM and Stellantis with unfair labor practice charges. It's a good thing that they're talking and passing proposals back and forth, whether or not they agree on the contents of those proposals. This is what typically happens in usual negotiations. You go back and forth and you eventually come to an agreement by that deadline. We still have a week to go here, so there's still time to hash out their differences, but just given the rhetoric, just given the the insults back and forth these past few weeks, it may be hard to get there.
0: So what, what? what's surprising to me, and, and you're right, certainly these, these negotiations as they go on, they they talk back and forth, but it, Sean Fain has made this very public. Usually when these negotiations are going on, you've got the negotiators behind closed doors and they're trying to work out a deal. And Sean Fain says, we are turning a page from, from the old UAW, and this is very much in the in the public, this is very much in the public eye of what Sean Fain and the UAW are thinking real time, and that's not really something that we've seen before. How does that impact these discussions?
1: Well, I think the automakers are a bit surprised by how things have played out, and the fact that he has, if they don't put it out themselves, he'll put out their offer terms himself, and everything's subject to change, but I think it's sort of put them on their heels in a sense, but you have to keep in mind that Sean Fein only won election. This was the first, union's first election in, in decades, and he only won the presidency by a very narrow margin. And many union workers didn't even vote in that election. So, in a certain sense, he's still trying to rally the membership as a whole get everybody on the same page and introduce himself to them and prove to them that he has their backs and he has their best interest at heart do,
0: do you feel because I, I to me it almost feels like the UAW wants to strike you know they 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 took the internal vote with the with the rank and file and something like 97% voted in favor of it if that was something uh, the step that they needed to take it, it almost feels like they're the uaw is daring the big three to give them a reason to strike is that a fair read on this or do, or do you with maybe with some of the positive conversations that have been happening now do you feel like we could avoid that
1: i think it's a fair read you almost think that a strike is inevitable at this point not just from uaw leadership and i will say that sean fain has been pretty clear in saying he doesn't want to strike, but they will if necessary. But you really have to think about the membership as a whole. They're the ones that have to ratify any deal these two sides are able to come to an agreement on. And the membership has been fired up for quite some time now. So even if Sean Fain can negotiate a deal at Ford GM or Stellantis, if he brings it to the membership, right now at least, they seem really unlikely to ratify anything, which would basically automatically trigger a strike And send them back to the bargaining table
0: what what do you what do you foresee happening it it, let's say we get to a strike let's say we get to september 14th and we get to that strike what do you what do you make of the the roughly 825 million dollar strike fund how long can that last and and what is that what kind of position does that put the the union in from the standpoint of of a position of strength
1: Well, things could get very interesting. You have to keep in mind, we've never seen a strike at all three companies simultaneously, and that is still on the board. It will be economically devastating. But the question there is how long could the union last? Because if you just do back of the napkin math there, $825 million over about 150,000 members at 500 bucks a week, uh, strike pay that starts on day eight of a strike, they could last about 11 weeks. But then you'd have to factor in healthcare costs, mm-hmm. which the union would probably have to pay. So you're looking at maybe a couple months. They could last at most. So that's when things get interesting. Does the union decide to do a targeted bottleneck strike where they take one or two transmission plants down that cause a ripple effect and closes other assembly plants? Do they focus on one particular company and just take that one company down? Or do they decide to call an unfair labor practice strike against GM and Stellantis because of those pending charges? That gives them a little more protection in terms of uh, benefits for the workers. A lot of scenarios at play, and we probably won't find out until September 14th.
0: Yeah, interesting stuff. Mike Martinez with Automotive News. Um, Let's keep in touch because I have a feeling we're going to continue to talk about this as we uh, continue on and trudge to September 14th. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Chris. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. I want to squeeze a, a call in here if I could real quick. David's in Rochester. What's up, David?
2: Yeah, Chris, real quickly. Yeah. I agree with your text, sir. The R Party, meaning the Renwick Party, of course. That's right. <laughs> Re- Renwick 2024, party. write it in. America First Party, Nationalist Party, White Nationalist Party. Whoa. we got a problem in
0: this. Place. Whoa, Okay.
2: We got a problem in this country. We need to to quit being xenophobes about our our immigrants. We we have 80 million short population in this country, age 25 to 54, compared to the ratio of 25-54 in, in 2000, the turn of the, the decade, the millennial. Okay, it was 3.6 to 2.4 the ratio. That ratio that okay. equates to 80 million 80 million short. So it's a joke when people talk about, oh, Michigan's State, a, a shorter population, Florida's getting this close. It's like ranging the uh, chairs on the Titanic. We need to vet people. We need to secure our borders. But we need to get the immigration up as opposed to saying, oh, unwanted pregnancies. We'll force you to take unwanted okay, but Okay, well, so, no, David, let me ask you this.
0: Let, let, let me ask you this. You know that, um, that about – I don't remember exactly what the percentage is – So I won't give you a number, but a huge percentage of these people don't actually even qualify for asylum. They don't actually qualify for asylum. And yet and yet. Hold on, David. Hold on. And yet they are they are they are allowed to come into this country because we don't have enough border patrol. We don't have a secure border. We don't. And so they have they they are able to come through. And and where do they go? In this case, they're being shipped to places like New York that can't take care of them. They're being shipped to places like Chicago that can't take care of them. So tell me exactly how that would make sense.
2: Oh, it makes sense this way. All those people. Quick, real quick, David, real quick. If if they qualified, it wouldn't have to be asylum. We could get we could take the numbers way up on immigration we have thir- we have a roughly 40 million first generation all right uh, uh, david i appreciate it. App.
0: that that doesn't answer my question unfortunately uh, i got to take a break we'll get to more of your calls and texts coming up next also uh of course look last year was a big ev year for the auto show this year even more so we'll talk to jennifer mefford coming up next here in jr afternoon